The June 28th primary election in Illinois is now just a little more than three weeks away. And this week, we finally got to see all six Republican candidates for governor on a single live debate. We'll break down the 2022 race for governor on this edition of Capital Cast. Hello and welcome to Capital Cast, a regular podcast of Capital News Illinois. I'm Peter Hancock. On Thursday this week, the six GOP candidates for governor took part in a televised debate sponsored by ABC7 TV in Chicago, the Spanish language TV service Univision, and the League of Women Voters. But the debate was overshadowed in some ways by the senseless mass shooting at an elementary school in Uvalde, Texas on May 24th that left 19 children and two teachers dead. That came on the heels of another mass shooting two weeks earlier in Buffalo, New York, where a gunman reportedly motivated by racial hate shot and killed 10 people at a supermarket in a predominantly black neighborhood. Moments before the debate started, President Joe Biden delivered a primetime address to the nation calling for action to end the nation's epidemic of mass shootings. During a 17-minute speech, he called on Congress to either reinstate a ban on assault-style rifles or raise the age for buying them. He also called for an end to high-capacity magazines, universal background checks, red flag laws and safe storage laws, and ending the gun industry's liability shield. My fellow Americans, enough. Enough. It's time for each of us to do our part. It's time to act for the children we've lost, the children we can save, for the nation we love. Let's hear the call and the cry. Let's meet the moment. Let us finally do something. Chicago has also seen its share of gun violence in recent months, So it was not surprising that the first question out of the gate at Thursday night's debate was about public safety. The question, what is the one thing that, if you're elected governor, you will do to help us solve this crisis? Darren Bailey, Richard Irvin, Gary Rabine, Paul Schimpf, Max Solomon, and Jesse Sullivan gave their answers. We must offer the mental health solutions and and help these people to be able to uh, get help and to be able to function in life. And I think that's the only solution we have. What we have to do is look at common sense. We've got to focus on safety and we've got to focus on responsibility. You know, making sure that we keep these guns, these these guns out of the hands of of criminals and keep these guns out of the hands of people with mental mental illnesses. The, The one core value that I look upon that's so important is accountability. If we don't hold people accountable, we can't expect a lot of them. If we don't arrest people that that are doing crime, small or large, that's a problem. They're not going to be, they're not held accountable. If we don't put people in jail that deserve to be put in jail, there's no accountability. We're going to have a lot of problems, and we do in the city of Chicago. Leaders need to listen, and we have to do something about mental health. It is a huge issue. We also have to make our schools safer. But most importantly, we have to have a governor who is going to hold himself accountable and say enough is enough. As your governor, the first thing I would do is make sure that all our schools, K through 12, are secured by armed guards. You know, the Democrats use every excuse, every crisis to step in and try to say gun control is the answer. Well, the real problem is the liberal agenda. 
the liberal agenda that has been taking God and faith values out of our society, the liberal agenda that has been devaluing families and removing fathers and two-parent households as the core answer to the solution. And now here to help us unpack all of that is our State House Bureau Chief, Jerry Nowicki. Jerry, there was a lot of discussion during the debate about public safety, uh, which has become a big issue in the campaign. That exchange was just part of it. I'm curious what has stood out to you so far in that debate and in the campaign generally. Yeah, I think we saw a some of the default nationwide uh, Republican talking points on uh, gun-related uh, issues uh, very quickly become what we heard in the debate, uh, mental health, uh, reliance on the family. I think Jesse Sullivan says things like, um, you need stronger families, better presence of the father. And I think in a previous debate, he said something like that. And one of the moderators pointed out, you know, you can't legislate whether someone has a father or not. Um, but it's just, um, the, long story short, they made very clear that they're not interested in, in making gun law stricter or anything along those lines. And it seems like, you know, ever since the Columbine shooting uh, back in the 1990s, uh, politicians and voters seem to have sorted themselves out by party. That is, if you're in favor of stronger gun limitations, you're likely to vote Democratic. If you're against gun limitations, you're more likely to vote Republican. I mean, is there any ground to be gained in this uh, by either party? I don't know that it's going to make a huge difference in the Illinois governor's race. I can't speak to what's going to happen in Congress or at the national level, um, but I, I, I doubt any of these governor candidates would have the support in the General Assembly to roll back any of Illinois' uh, gun laws, such as the FOID or anything like that, with, and that would require General Assembly action. Okay, and one of the other issues that was talked about in the debate was abortion. On Wednesday of this week, the day before the debate, an Illinois statute officially came off the books, the Parental Notification of Abortion Law. It was probably the last legal limit on access to abortion in Illinois, and now it's gone. That's the law that said if you're a minor, the person performing the abortion or the clinic has to notify the child's parents before, uh, before the procedure can go forward. Now that is gone. And that happened just as the U.S. Supreme Court appears to be poised to overturn its landmark 1973 ruling, Roe v. Wade, that legalized abortion nationwide. That's according to a leaked draft of an opinion that is expected to be released within days or weeks. Such a ruling would send the issue of abortion back to the states to decide whether and how it should be regulated or even banned. Democratic Governor J.B. Pritzker was in the Metro East area on Wednesday at a campaign event where he touted his unflinching support for abortion rights. Every Republican running for governor of Illinois this year wants to make Illinois an anti-choice state. Every single one of them. And so on Thursday, the GOP candidates for governor were asked what they would do if Roe versus Wade is overturned. Here's Richard Irvin. 
yesterday, uh, parental notification just expired in the state of Illinois. That means a teenager, J.B. Prisker signed uh, legislation that allows a teenager to walk into an abortion clinic, 12, 13, 14, 15, to get an abortion without their parent being notified. We would reinstate that immediately. Here's Gary Rabine. So I want to I want to make adoption so much easier than it is today in Illinois, number one. But I also want to bring bring back parental notification. It's crazy. It, it, it's crazy that a young girl pregnant, confused and days might you know, be able to go to an abortion center, get an abortion without her parents understanding what's going on. It's it's that's sad. Paul Schimpf. I am pro-life. I have a voting record to back that statement up. You don't have to guess about it. Max Solomon. I am unapologetically and uncompromisingly pro-life. I actually believe that every life has a purpose, regardless of how they're conceived. Therefore, it's my prayer uh, that Roe v. Wade be overturned. Jesse Sullivan. When I'm governor, I will be the most pro-life governor in the history of the state of Illinois. You know, conservatives have been fighting for decades for this moment of the overturning of Roe v. Wade. And now the battle moves to the states. And Darren Bailey. I am proudly pro-life and I stand here amongst you as the only candidate that has been endorsed by every pro-life and pro-family organization in the state of Illinois. So Jerry, there doesn't appear to be a whole lot of distance between them there. Uh, Is this an issue like gun control where voters have already sorted themselves out? And if so, what do you think that means in Illinois? That's another circumstance where it's going to be difficult to change anything in Illinois unless something comes from Congress saying, you know, abortion is no longer legal to the point that Illinois allows it to be. Um, But I think it's going to be hard for any Republican governor to work with the General Assembly to roll anything back. I think there were some tight votes on... um, the parental notice uh, repeal, but I think it'd still be difficult to get any Democratic lawmakers, even the ones that didn't vote for that bill, uh, to vote for bringing it back. It's it's just a hot potato they're not going to want to touch. And I I don't think that it's going to be worth uh, too many Republican lawmakers or Republican governors if they become governor. I don't think it's going to be worth their time to really make that a focus when it's very likely going to be a legislative defeat. I think what the uh, Pritzker camp is arguing, though, is, you know, if things go too far in a Republican direction, it's it's very possible the uh, protections are rolled back. And that's at, at the congressional level, too. Okay, so what does this race come down to? You wrote an analysis piece this week. There's not a whole lot of difference between these candidates on guns, not much difference on abortion, all of the big major issues that uh, usually dominate a, a campaign. Uh, what is it? Is it just going to come down to money, name recognition? What 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 does this come down to? Yeah, well, it's it's difficult to say. There's not much of a difference because you know, specifically, Mr. Irvin, he says some of the keywords that uh, indicate someone's stance, such as pro-life with exceptions for life of the mother, uh, rape and incest, but he doesn't saying pro-life doesn't get into a granular policy level of how you would punish or what you would do. And then you have someone like Jesse Sullivan saying he'd be the most pro-life governor in the history of Illinois or in the U.S. So you don't know what what types of policies in terms of punishing women that he would get into because he won't say. I've reached out to his campaign on that. Um, none of the no, That's something that none of the uh, GOP candidates, in fairness, want to say is who they would punish uh, for uh, the abortions. Then you have someone 
like Darren Bailey saying he wants to make abortions unnecessary because he wants to give women options they don't even know about unclear what those options are so um, I think there's a different level between the candidates in terms of how well they support abortion but uh, none of them have really gotten into too many specifics as to and, and part of that because could be because they know it's not likely that they're going to be able to make very much change on that as Illinois governor. Okay, so we have two of the candidates here who are backed by prominent billionaires in the state. Uh, governor J.B. Pritzker is himself a billionaire. Uh, we have some other fairly wealthy people in on the GOP side. Um, how important is that going to be as opposed to your stance on specific issues? I mean, is, is it really going to come down to money here? It's going to be a big part of it, but the question is, what is the threshold to be noticed? And and I know uh, Irvin has received $50 million from Ken Griffin, who's a hedge fund, uh, probably the wealthiest guy in the state. Um, and then uh, Bailey has received about $9 million from Richard Uline, who's a supply, uh, shipping supply it makes all kinds of products um and the question is you know is that enough money for them to compete and the other question is are they going to bloody each other damage each other so much in the eyes of the public the republican voting public that they're going to really weaken each other uh in when we get to the general election and that's what paul schimpf who was recently endorsed by the tribune but is still polling in the single digits that's what he said at the debate um, I wish we'd be spending these resources not to attack, but to lift and unify the party. Well, and another interesting aspect of, about that, and we've talked about it here in the office a number of times, is uh, the fact that the Democratic Governors Association has launched a series of what are ostensibly attack ads against Darren Bailey, but they attack him over issues that conservative Republicans really like. Uh, does it appear that the Democratic governors are trying to jump in uh, to help Bailey? Yeah, the Governor Pritzker has worked uh, with the Democratic Governors Association and given them money. Um, the he's the DGA has attacked Richard Irvin directly in some of their ads, uh, tying him to child pornographers and other stuff like that, um, for because he was a defense attorney that. Uh, uh, defended those people. It's a it's a part of his career that he doesn't like to publicize as much as he does as being a prosecutor. Um, but the ad you're speaking of regarding Bailey, it says he's too conservative for Illinois, and it touts things that conservative voters will like. And it's it's something the DGA did. He opposes common sense gun control. Right, right, yeah. exactly. And uh, lifetime 100% NRA voter. So. Um, but the, they actually, DGA did something very similar with uh, Jeannie Ives in 2018 when she was challenging uh, Bruce Rauner because they figured it would weaken Rauner enough uh, to a point where Pritzker might have an easier, easier path in the general election. So it's the same playbook. Republican voters are going to see it and like it, um, the staunchest Republican voters, that is. And it's it's definitely... Bailey even said he he's he's he likes what the DGA is doing, which is interesting. Okay, well, just about three weeks to go before we find out who wins this race, and in the meantime, that'll do it for this edition of Capital Cast. Capital Cast is a production of Capital News Illinois, a state house reporting project of the Illinois Press Foundation, with funding from the Robert McCormick Foundation. 
Until next time, this is Peter Hancock with Jerry Nowicki saying stay safe and thank you for listening.